Hey, this is Mike Brake, and I'm the pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. I want to say thank you for stopping by our podcast today. We really do believe that you're only one step away from the relationship with God that you've been wanting. So I hope the message today gives you encouragement, gives you some vision so that you can take that next step towards freedom. Enjoy the message. Have you ever had to do something that you didn't really want to do in in your life. Maybe it was waking up this morning, like I didn't want to wake up, but I got to wake up. Okay, good. Uh, Vegetables, uh, eating vegetables, like it's it's amazing the stuff that we have to go through just to to eat our our vegetables. I mean, we um, have to do the airplane thing, you know, here comes, you know, here comes the plane. Maybe you have song and a dance that you got to do or dip it in some Chick-fil-A sauce or something like that. And that's just for the adults to try to get them to eat their vegetables, not our, our kids. Um, how about church, going to church? Come on, we can be honest in church. I was one of the drug babies. I had a drug problem growing up in church. Like my mama and my daddy drug me to church every single Sunday. Um, have you ever had something that you just didn't want to do, but you had to do it. I, I had one uh, that I can think of was uh, an airplane ride recently. And I got to say, um, normal people, when you get on an airplane ride, like you have it set up it, where you're like, I'm going to read a book or I'm going to watch a movie or play a video game. Or maybe you're one of those special few, like I'm just going to take a nap, like normal people, not, not the breaks. Not, not us. We got, we got the kids. Like, you got to make sure you have, uh, you know, the diapers, the bottles, the food, the games. Like, everything's got to be set. And I remember there was one time um, that we got on the plane and, and I did, had to do something I didn't want to do. And, you know, our goal with, with the little ones, when you have a little one, was like our best chance at normalcy on this flight is get them to sleep. Like, if you can get them to sleep, then it's like knuckles, pound it, you know, whatever. It's like, all right, we can relax. Or just... And I happened to be the chosen one on that flight that, that had the, the, the little one um, asleep. You know, and the, the hum of the plane is going, just like knocked him out. So we're like, we're good. Reed and I are like, pound it. Let's, you know, we got a, an, at least an hour or so where we're good. We can breathe. We can ra- relax. Until I started to smell something. And I'm like, you know, you kind of, you're, you're stuck in a small space and you're like, this, this, isn't, this isn't good. And then all of a sudden I started to feel something on my, my, my leg and um, it was like, Ugh. and then I, I saw something. <laughs> it, and, and it's what we call in the diaper changing world, a, a, a blowouts. <laughs> and this is not good. So now I'm, I, you know, I'm pinned in at the, the window seat. And we got to cross some seats and, and get it out. But it was also one of those things that's like, okay, I got to take care of this because it's, it's bad. It's, it's bad. But now I got to get up. I got to, you know, face all those judging faces, you know, as you're walking back to the back. And they're all looking at you because they got the stink smell face going on too. Like, who is that? And, you know, then they know. And then um, you get into the bathroom, it's all tiny, and you're trying to, you know, fortunately, I'm a, I'm a little guy, I'm a short guy, I don't, but still, it's tight space. And then 
you, you're in the bathroom, and then you got the, the flight attendant, and they got their deal. They're like, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the flight attendant, or the captain has not yet turned off the fastened seatbelt sign. We please ask that you would remain into your seat until he turns off. And you're like, the captain doesn't have poop on him, okay? Like, this is bad news, lady. I'm trying to, it's not for my safety, it's for everybody else's and, like, my sanity, okay? So, um, you got to do it. And then, you know, I, I don't have good thoughts. I don't want to do it. You know, my feelings are like, oh, yay, this is what I wanted when I was a parent, you know, to do this and have all these judging faces. And, like, I'm, you gave me a judging face, I'm going to just, like, hit my leg on your arm whenever I come back across. I didn't do it. I thought about it. I don't want to do it. Why am I talking about blowouts and, and, and getting pooped on on a plane um, when, when we're talking about Jesus on a cross? Um, humanity had a blowout on God called sin. And it was bad. Worse than, than any blowout that we can think of, this is a holy God in love with humanity, but humanity... To make it a little bit more personal, you and I had a blowout on God where we said, no, my way, not yours, at some point in our lives. And we turned our back and we rejected God. And here is Jesus not saying, oh, I don't want to do this. No, God loves the world so much that he gave like this was his mission. You were his priority to jump into the mess, to clean the mess, not to condemn the mess, but to save it. And this is our Savior on the cross. This is the scene as we're continuing our series, His Last Words. He said seven things while He was hanging on the cross, cleaning up the mess. We're not going to look at them all through this series, but we looked at, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me last week? And this week, we're going to look at, um, Father, forgive them. It says, in Luke chapter 23, if you have your Bibles with you, you can open to Luke chapter 23. You're going to kind of hang out there and dance around a little bit. But it says, two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him. And when they came to a place called the skull, they nailed him to the cross. And the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. Imagine the scene. He's He's just that morning, he's been flogged, he's been whipped by the Roman soldiers uh, before he was even nailed on this cross. He's, uh, scripture says he was beyond recognition, like you couldn't even recognize him. He was so brutally beat up. You can imagine the stench and the gore in this scene. It is not your Sunday school, uh, Jesus dying on a cross version. This is real, this is blood, this is... Um, very much a horrific act that you would not, you would be, it would be grotesque to look at. And here he is. Not to mention the emotional damage that he has gone through as well in this moment. He's been spit upon. He's been mocked. They've, they've shoved a crown of thorns on his head and put a robe on him. And they, they mocked him in, in worship. And people are, are um, at the scene of the cross saying, man, if you're God, you claim to be God, just take yourself down, man. And they're taunting him while he is on the cross. And then, as we looked at last week, the spiritual agony that he is going, because he's going through in that moment, he's experiencing the wrath of God in this moment for you 
and for I. And it's in this moment, his eyes are still on you and I, because he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He was willing to clean up the mess and forgive them and forgive us. It's open to everyone. So I want to focus today on these three words, Father, forgive them. The first one, Father. He's, a, he's saying a prayer. One of our core values at Freedom Church is prayer first. Not prayer last, not as a last resort. Prayer first, immediately. You sense something's off. You sense something's going on. Pray to God about it. Father, Daddy, I'm hurting. I don't understand. I'm confused. I don't want this. I don't like this. I can't explain it. It's not fair. Father, Dad. And he cries out to him in prayer. I think a lot of problems for us is that it's not prayer first, it's prayer less. We, we, we are a generation that we're so busy we even forget to pray. We're, we're just so on the go. Prayer first, it's like, oh man, I can't even remember to pray because I'm so busy going and doing and doing and doing. We get through the end of the day, it's like, did I even talk to God? Did I even think about God today? And I'm not talking about like hours and long prayer. I'm just, Father, forgive them is three words. Did I even say three words to God today? Oh, I was so on the go. Or we're the generation of pride. I got it. I can fix this. Oh, we just change this and we change this and we change this and we change this. And we try to fix the spiritual. We try to fix or the physical. We try to fix the relational. And we forget that everything that we face, there is a spiritual component underneath of it. He's crying out, Dad, I need some help. Dad, I don't understand. Dad, help. He shows us here in one of his most painful moments, the, the thing that was the priority was talking to his father. And I know for a lot of us, another reason we stopped praying is we didn't see the change. I prayed, but that situation didn't change. I prayed to God and he didn't heal. I prayed that, you know, that they would, they would change or God would change them and nothing happened. Where's God now? Jesus was, was still going to stay on the cross through that moment to, to experience things. I would, I would encourage you to go back to a last week's message. If you're, it's okay to question. It is. Bring it to God and question but he's not always going to necessarily answer you right away how you want it. But a lot of us, we've even stopped asking. And, and James 4 says this, says, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. We just don't ask. But then here's a reason probably why we don't get what we want. If we're real honest with ourselves, even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. And sometimes we put ourselves in the position of God. Well, if I was God, I mean, I'm not asking for much. I mean, I'm just asking for my son to have a date. Like, that's not a big deal for them to, like, I, you know, it just seems like the nice thing to do. Who wouldn't want to do that? Prayer is about getting our hearts in alignment with God. Not him giving, us giving him a, a wish list like he's Santa and saying, answer this stuff. It's okay to bring that stuff to him for sure. 
But let your heart get in line with him. And he's praying for the people who are persecuting him, which is what he's practicing what he preaches in this moment. Prayer doesn't always change them. Prayer doesn't always change the situation. Prayer will change you. And the second word he says is, Father, forgive. Because I'm like, okay, I'll pray. I'll pray for my enemies. I'll pray for those who persecute me. (laughs) I can do that. I'll pray for them. Kill them, God. Not me. Kill them. Okay, that's a little rough, Mike. You're the pastor. Don't pray for people to die. All right, just make them suffer. All right, like make them do yard work for the rest of their life or something. And uh, make them be Cowboys fans. How about that? You know, just, I mean, just lay it on. Suffering for them. Make them pay. Give them hemorrhoids. No. This isn't what Jesus is doing in this moment. Father, forgive. Forgive. What's human, what is humanity's greatest need? It's forgiveness. Not healing, not blessing, which I'm all for, we need, I want. We need forgiveness. Where, are, where is humanity without forgiveness? Hell. We don't got any shot at a relationship with a, with a perfect, holy God other than forgiveness. And it's offered to everyone here in this moment. And for a lot of us, this, this applies to how we forgive other people in our lives. Because we all have been hurt. We all have been offended. And this is the central message of the cross. This whole thing is about forgiveness. He prays out loud. Like, I'm one of those silent prayers, prayers, right? Like, it's like, I just, I just pray in my head, not out loud. And he could have done that. But he prays out loud for people to hear, saying, hey, <laughs> disciples, get this one. Write it down. This is, this is the starting point. This is the central message of what is going down right here. Forgiveness, because it's humanity's greatest need. And this is going to be the starting point of your relationship with other people. Because the people you love, they're going to hurt you. And in fact, we know this, the people who you love the most often hurt you the worst or the most. Someone has abused you, someone has has triggered you or said something, and, and they cut you deep. And many of us are living in hell Because we've held on to bitterness and we will not forgive and we hold on to a grudge and we've broken relationship and that's not the message of the cross. When unreconcilable differences, we're unreconcilable with God. If there's anyone that's more different and opposite, it's it's humans and and God. Like we have no business being with a perfect and holy God with with, with how we live our lives. Because sometimes we don't even live up to our own standards and rules. And yet Jesus on the cross reconciled everything. And if I focus on him, if I focus on the cross, because how did he forgive me? Freely. Freely. He didn't say, Mike, you got to earn it. Go work. Hey, hey, hey. all right, you want to get forgiveness? This is how you get it. 
do a bunch of work, read the Bible, go to church, memorize, go to vacation Bible school, go on mission trips, do all the, do it all, do the stuff, do the list. Then maybe we'll talk about forgiveness. That's not how it's done. He forgave freely. So if I'm having trouble forgiving, and I do have trouble with forgiving, we all do, we struggle. I've lost sight of the cross. Forgive as Jesus forgave you, which is freely. Father, forgive them. I want to say one other thing, too. Um, This is a side note, and I'll try to go through this fast. Ignorance doesn't get you into heaven. Okay, because he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. If you look at Scripture, throughout Scripture, ignorance, these guys, Jesus is offering them forgiveness, but it it is not ignorance going to make them in. Okay? If that were the case, if that were the case, ignorance gets you into heaven. What about the people who don't know about Jesus or whatever? Okay, this is a tough one, but I, I believe, and we can maybe chat about this later. But if ignorance got you into heaven, then the best thing Christians could do would be to burn all Bibles. Delete everything off of the internet about Jesus and just remove all knowledge of Jesus and all history of Jesus and never say a word to anyone because ignorance would get you in. But that's not what Jesus told his followers to do, was it? He said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it was quite the opposite. He said, go into the whole world and tell everybody about this. Go, tell. So, Again, we can, we can talk about that, but as I read Scripture, Jesus says, go and tell, 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 go and tell. And it hasn't stopped for 2,000 years saying, go and tell. And we're in position to go and tell. Father, forgive them. Who's them? Who's them? Well, the soldiers were there. They nailed them to the cross. You had the criminals on his left and his right. You had the Jewish leaders who were mocking him and taunting him on the cross. But them is all of us. As we get ready to take the Lord's Supper today, which we'll do here in a few moments, I want to take a look at the night before. Like this is Friday. He's hanging on a cross. The night before he had his, his last supper. So I would call it the last supper with his disciples. And it says on that night when he was betrayed, Thursday night, the Lord took some bread, gave thanks for it to God, and then he broke it into pieces. He says, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. He sets sets the tone for this Uh, to be a tradition that the church would carry out in the future. He says, every time you do this, do it in remembrance of me. Now, what's radical about this is they were celebrating a Passover meal, which is something they had celebrated for centuries. For, For years, they celebrated the Passover. They're celebrating the Passover meal and then he says, now you've been celebrating when, when, when the Jews were rescued out of slavery into Egypt when, the, when, when there was Passover. Now, you're, whenever you celebrate this meal, you're going to celebrate me. That would be like me, Pastor Mike, saying, hey, you celebrate Christmas every year, all right? But now, every time you celebrate Christmas and you open up a present from Santa, do it in remembrance of Mike Brake, because this whole thing's about me. Like, you would be like, what? No, 
no way, and you get up and you would walk out. That's how radical Jesus' statement is here to these guys. They all should have just got up and walked out, except they knew this guy was different. They knew Jesus, there was something different. He says, I got a new covenant. This thing you're going to do in remembrance for me from now on. Who was invited to that table? Think about who was at that table. You had John, the disciple that Jesus loved, was there. At the cross, John was one of the only disciples at the cross. This is one of Jesus' last words. It says, standing near the cross was Jesus' mother, Mary. His mother's sister, Mary, Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, that's John, he said to her, dear woman, here's your son. And he said to the disciple, here's your mother. He redefined family. Family's no longer blood relationship. He says, this is family. When we gather together, it's family. It says, from that time on, the disciple took her into his home. You belong here because you're family. When you hurt, we hurt. That's how it works. It's family. John was there. Matthew was there. Matthew was a tax collector. He was an outcast. He was scum. Jesus saw past that. Jesus invited Matthew to be a disciple in the middle of the time when he was still a tax collector. If you don't know anything about it, basically they were Jews. They worked for the Roman government, so they turned traitor, and then they extorted money from everyone. They say, hey, you owe these, these taxes, but guess what? You owe more, and they would take that money from their own people. People hated tax collectors because they took their money. Jesus saw past that, invited them to the table, you had Thomas. You had Nathaniel there. Thomas, doubting Thomas, said, I'm not going to believe in Jesus that he rose from the dead until I see it, until I can touch the scars. I don't know if I can believe that guy. Nathaniel, what we know about him, he was skeptical the first time he heard about Jesus. He said, Jesus, the Nazarene, can anything good come from that town, Nazareth? No way. No way. But Jesus saw past their doubts. He saw past their skepticism. He invited them to the table. You had the unknowns, the nobodies, the ones in history that the historians don't really know anything about. You had James, there was two of them. You had Andrew, Philip, Thaddeus. They were nobodies to historians, but they were somebody to God. They were somebody to Jesus, and he called them. You had Simon the Zealot, part of a group that was radical in their, their, their passion to overthrow the Roman government to see the Jews be sovereign once again. And they would, all about politics, all about taking down the government. And I don't know where you stand on politics, it doesn't matter. Jesus saw past it to say, no, 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 I'm about a different kingdom, not earthly kingdoms, I'm about a different kingdom. And he called them and invited them to the table. You had Peter, his best friend, his best bud. You ever know someone in your life that just says dumb stuff? And you're like, that dude, uh, Jesus saw past it and he loved them. Peter denied him. He said, Peter, you're going to deny even knowing me tonight. He saw past it and he invited him to the table. And then you had Judas. Ah, Judas was at the table and Jesus knew this man was going to betray him. And he shared a meal with him. Listen, if you never feel like, I don't know if I can come to God. I don't know if he, if he is going to welcome me or anything. Let me tell you, look at the table and who he invited to the table was every one of us. Father, forgive them when they know what they're doing and when they don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. I want a relationship. This is why I came here. 
And he says, every time you take this meal, you remember why I came. Remember, this is for you. This is for them. This is for Los Alamos. It is for the whole world. Father, forgive them. What do you got to do to remember? You got to stop, for one. We're so on the go. We're so busy. I don't even have time to remember. I'll give it like a, a quick thought, a flashback Friday, a, a, you know, a throwback Thursday or something. But, you know, I got, I got things to do, Jesus. No, we're going to stop today. We're going to stop and remember. We're going to have a time of worship here in a minute. We're going to play a couple songs. There'll be a video that plays, and then the band will come up and play. We've got a couple stations, and I want you to, You don't have to interact. You don't have, nobody has to do anything here. We're Freedom Church, but this is going to be a time between you and God, and he invites everybody to the table. He's known everything you have ever going to do in your life, and yet he still invites you to the table. says, when you do this, he says, the bread was broken into pieces. Jesus is the bread of life. And there he is hanging on a cross, broken into pieces. And he says, whenever you eat of this bread, do it in remembrance of me. He says, the cup that you drink, the juice that you drink is a new covenant, a new law. What's the new law? Love. You don't have to go through a priest or anybody else. He says, you can have direct relationship with me now. It's for you. So we have one station right over here. If you want to get up and move, there's gluten-free bread. If you have uh, gluten allergies, there's a recipe there. You can take a look at it and see what's there. I'm going to ask you, if you want it, you can take a piece of bread and you can take a cup of the juice. I will say this. I don't know if we have enough cups. (laughs) We might have broke a record in attendance today. So I apologize if you come up here and we don't have one. I'm really, 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 really sorry. If there's one, take it. Please do take it. Over here, we have a cross. And there's a table over here. And there's little note cards there. There's a couple things you can do there. Because when you, come to the, when you come and take the Lord's Supper and we remember, we might have some sin in our life that we need to get right with God. Take a cross or take a card, write it on there, take a nail, take a hammer and nail it to the cross. Because that's what Jesus did. Actually get up and physically do it and nail it to the cross. Not out of shame, but out of freedom. Because that's what Jesus died for. There's invite cards over there. You each got one in your seat, but maybe you're like, hey, I'll, I'll take one because I have a friend I want to invite next week. But hey, maybe God's got something else planned and I don't know who else I might meet. Take two, three, four, five, however many cards you want. We got more at the welcome table. Take those with you, but then write a name of a friend on there and nail that to the cross because that's who Jesus died on the cross for was for them. And maybe here today you're like, you know what? He died for me. He died for me. I've never given my life to Christ and I want to do it today. I don't want to wait till Easter. I want to do it today. You can write your name on the cross too. We're going to sing a song. I'm going to pray. There'll be some songs up there. You can sing in worship and cry out. You can take the Lord's Supper. You can, you can go to this station. We have a couple people, Doug and Heather Evans and Tracy and Nathan McCraney. They'll be standing right over here. If you need prayer today, maybe that's why you came. Go to them and just say, hey, I need prayer. I need healing. I need help during this time. Father, and they would love, love to pray for you today. So you got three stations to go to, okay? So let's stand. I'm going to pray, and then you'll be free to worship freely however you want during these next few moments. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you that we don't have to earn it. There's no amount of work that we could do to earn it. 
You just did it for us. And it is by grace we are saved through faith, not of works. It is a gift of God, so we don't have anything to boast about. So, Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you that you did what we could not do on the cross. And you offer that invitation to the table of fellowship, relationship with God, the creator of the universe, today. Thank you again for listening to the podcast at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. A few next steps that you can take coming out of this. One is head to our website and let us know just exactly how we can help you take your next step. Also, if we have had a positive impact in your life or in your family and you want to partner with us financially, you can go to our website and click give. That will get the message out so we can impact more people through this ministry. And finally, click the subscribe button. That way you know you get the latest content from the podcast as well as rate it, review it. That will help get the message out to others. Hope you have a a wonderful week. Thanks again for listening.